This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, hey, all. Hey, hey, all. This one is explicit. Jessica! Hello, Elsie. Happy Hi. New Year! Oh my God, Happy New Year! And how long has it, you know, let's just let the ladies and gents know how long it's taken us to start to record here. Um, not, not, not because we, we haven't shown up. It's 30 minutes, yeah, 30 minutes. 30 minutes to get started, dude. Because Mercury and retrograde is real, people. Because Skype was giving us problems and flickering and... Oh my god! Yeah, and it still okay. might. Let's give it some time. Yeah, we yeah, but let's not. I don't want to jinx it. Let's not mess with that. With Texas, okay. Yeah, we won't mess so, with Texas. Yeah. Texas, Texas Skype. <laughs> yeah, Texas. All yes. Those so yes, Happy New Year! Woohoo! I'm so excited. Yeah, what did you do for New Year's? Anything? What did we do? I think I slept. You were away still, or no? <laughs> yeah, we were away. We were still in in Pittsburgh. So yeah, I slept. I went to sleep pretty early. No That's party for you. No party. How about you? Um, I mean, similar. We kept the baby up just to see what would happen. He was very pleasant and happy until about 11.22. And then he was like, we're done here. Uh-huh. So we took him up to bed and we just, I guess, the ball dropped while we were in, in bed, pretty much. That's basically what I did as well. I think I was talking to my girls, actually. I made them stay up as well. And I was yeah. just, I was talking with them about, you know, the new year and saying all kinds of lovey things to them and all that stuff. Yeah, so, I mean, I think, it was yeah. quiet, but I'm not a big New Year's person. I've done the whole NYC thing, and it was torture and terrible. Huh. And, um, I wouldn't do it again, certainly, and I don't recommend it to people. <laughs> and I should have known then, that night, that I'm an introvert, but I kept on trucking, thinking but you kept I was on, Oh, wow, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, well, no, I, you know, I have... One of those situations where there's like a thousand people, and I'm extremely uncomfortable, and I can't figure out why I can't get in the groove of it, and why everyone else is having a good time except for me. Right. Well... And it's because I'm sandwiched into a New York City bar with a thousand people from college, and like... They're all wasted and I'm kind of wasted and I don't know. It's, just, it's like physically uncomfortable. That does not sound in any way, shape or form appealing to me at all. So, no. Yeah, you would think in college that you'd be super excited, but it, was, it wasn't. No, but I have to say that I am super excited and I'm very excited. Oh, and note to everybody else and note to us. We took a week off, but then we needed another week. And I have a feeling we learned this lesson last year as well. Or I learned this lesson because you were with the baby at that time. Yeah. And I remember that I was feeling the crunch in my head of yeah. like having to yeah. produce. And so I was like, I'm not going to do that next year. And then this time we deliberately took a week off. But I think we, we need to. I think we need to take two weeks off. Yeah, definitely. So there, we've said it. Yes. People, listen. We've said it. Expect it from now on going forward. Yes, it's two weeks. It's two weeks is good. Get used to it. I'm so super excited though. I'm totally excited by this a new year and all kinds of really fun stuff that I'm already like, whoa, this is so great. So let's, let's get going. Shall we do that? Yeah. Okay, so much. Now, yeah. So much. Ahead. Yeah. Yes. No, 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 it's no. just a lot of good articles that came out around the, the beginning of the year about the year. And like, I love the sum up articles and the looking forward articles that come around with the new year. So we have a lot to talk about today regarding that. and It'll be good. Yeah, it's going to be super exciting. But before we start off with, we just want to say our uh, thank you to our sponsor, Boss Jock. BossJockApp.com. Yes, BossJockApp.com. Because they are really, I mean, I got to tell you that it's so exciting to hear so many people that are starting podcasting and that they're now able to sustain what they're doing in a mobile environment. So we can kind of start to break uh, the themes and breakways in which we do things, which is sort of like kind of what I want to do more 
or as of late and being Mm -hmm. able to record on your phone on the go is just so important. But so anyway, speaking of that, I got to kind of like bring this together because this is a really great way to use Boss Talk, especially since all of us are planning on going to conferences and making our schedule for next Ah, year. So funny. I was just going to say something about that. Mm, See that? So we have um, this, this little bit of hardware that came into my consciousness. I reached out to Rob to see if he had already used it, my co-host for the feed, and he has not. And it is called the iRig Mic Lab. And it's an, a lab is an L-A-V, iRig Mic Lab. And there will be a link in the show notes, people. So what this, there are some other labs. And if you don't know what a lab mic is or a mic lab is, is, you know, those little things that you clip onto your shirt, Right, so that that's like instead of holding Lab, a lavalier, lavalier, you have a lavalier microphone. You have a lavalier. Lapel. It's French. It's French. You can have a la- oh, lapel mic. It's another way to say it, right? Yes. So then it you is. just clip that little puppy onto your outfit, lapel. whatever that might be, onto your lapel. But most of us do not have a lapel anymore. That's <laughs> true. Anyway, but the cool thing about this is that you can like attach these little labs together. So if you buy two of them. They sort of like, uh, it's it's kind of like a Lego. <laughs> you kind of stick one little end onto the other little end of the mic lab, and then it makes two of them. And then you can stick just one little input into your phone, and now you can actually record two people. So what's really neat about this is that you can have your iPhone, you can lapel up two, two different people, and then you can just record and each one of them is mic'd up without having to use one thing back and forth, which I think is amazing. And another way that I think is going to work really well for that kind of stuff is if you're just doing a roundtable type of discussion or something like that with the uh, with like Bostock in the middle, right? You put your iPhone in the middle with Bostock, and then you can just very easily just record two people. That's it? Yes. How fun is that? I'm kind of excited by that. Although it's fantastic. It seems- I mean – I was just thinking about like, because I somehow since the last time we talked on or recorded, I have like five speaking gigs now that I didn't have before. And um, I was thinking about how I could use Boss Truck when I go creatively because they're not all podcasting. Most of them I'll be speaking about podcasting, but they're not all podcasting events. So I was kind of thinking like, how could I either use it to demonstrate in front of the audience or... I don't know. I was just thinking about how I could use Boss Track creatively to bring maybe some content back here. I don't know. Right. You and it, I have to brainstorm together. But I'm excited because it's so nice to know that you have a tool that will work, that will create something really nice that you can upload right away. Totally. So it's it's uh, we, we love it. So thank you, Boss Track, for your support. Um, Did we, I sound like a cheese saying no, that? Because I didn't mean to. No, you're not a cheese. <laughs> What are you talking about? No, thank you so much for uh, for your support, Boss Talk. It's really, really awesome. And if you guys do get the iRig Mic Lab, check it out. Let us know what you think. And um, another idea that I had for the iRig Mic Lab would be for taking video or, or making a video with somebody else. Like, let's say you and I are, for whatever reason, going to be doing some kind of video together in the same place. We could both mic ourselves and we now could why get would some, we do that? I know, I'm I don't just know. Kidding. I'm just thinking. I know, wouldn't that be weird? What would we do? Anyway, but what if we're just sitting down, like and doing like a talking head thing or like maybe we're at a table or something talking with one another and we want to be mic'd up, it's a really easy way to, to do that. Oh yeah, I can Yay. think of a million reasons why I'd want to do that. I mean, we should be doing that really more. I right, think. but we're just never around together. We just never do it. Yeah. Right. So anyway, that would be really, really, really cool. And um, kind of following back, and, and again, for another one of our sponsors, John Bucanis, who is actually um, from AudioEditingSolutions.com, who is our editor and, and kind of like bouncer off of ideas person. Um, it's very lovely now to be able to have somebody. That was somebody. so eloquent, the way you said that. <laughs> Did, wasn't it? It's like, yeah, super awesome. Um, but you heard from our last episode how many people are looking to outsource. And um, another discussion that's coming up soon is is something that I put up, in, not, not in this episode, but a question about whether or not you're a podcaster if you outsource everything. It's something that's been coming into my head as of late. And there was a part of me that was really into like, I want to do it myself. Well, you know that, Jess, because I fought you on this like crazy pants. Um, yeah, I kind of get it. I have something yeah. to reveal to you, though, about that. Your uh, blog post. Yeah. So anyway. I have a so, s- 
Oh. I have a secret that I need to tell you on. Oh, no, a live. secret. So anyway, so I really, really had a hard time letting go of that because I've always wanted to kind of do it myself and learn myself. And I feel like part of being a podcaster is that you, you have to... I felt that you have to figure this stuff out. That makes you a pod, like. For I agree reason, with this. It though. makes you a podcaster. I'm not. I'm not fighting you on this. I'm just saying that's how I felt. And so when I kind of let go of that, I was finally ready. Like it came from a point of. It wasn't that I let go of the editing because I couldn't do it, or because I didn't understand it. It was more about thank you very much for doing this now, so that I can concentrate more on the content of it. I was ready. I do think you should learn how to do every single thing yourself, not just in your podcast, but in all aspects of anything that is going to create, you know, income for you. And even if it doesn't, like you need to learn how to do every single aspect of your podcast, your business, whatever. And then you decide what things are not a good use of your time and give those things away. But if that person doesn't work out, you still have to know how to do it. Like people who are listening who podcast and decided from the beginning to just give it all away. That makes me very nervous because your your whole thing is relying on someone that's not you. You're right. You know what? I haven't thought about it As a controlling person, that makes me extremely uncomfortable. No, you're totally right because there's been times, you know, because we've outsourced a lot of different aspects of our stuff, but I don't think we've ever outsourced anything that we can't do ourselves. I mean, it's harder. No, you but shouldn't. We kind and of, I, right. We kind of can do, like if somebody, like if we just didn't have a, in quote, a team, then we could still. Yeah, we would just do it. We, we know how just, to do it. We've done it a million times before. Right, totally. So that's why you can be comfortable giving it to someone else, I think. Yeah, because you've and, done it. And, you and teaching somebody else. Yeah, I mean, that's really the only way I'd be willing to do it. I get it. The only thing it. is, like, I felt like you were doing it just out of, not spite. But just because you wanted to for so long, I just felt, yeah, I just felt like it wasn't just wasn't a good use of your time. <laughs> out of spite, like, I was okay, editing. Okay. Out of spite. <laughs> you know what? I think part of it is the, is is that I that I had a flow around it as well. You know, there were there were like I I would do my the show notes while I was editing at the same time. So then it, I I would have had to listen yeah. to the podcast anyway. So it wasn't that. It's just that I really, really appreciate the quality of work that John does that I, I don't know how to do. You know, you can, it's, something is really interesting. It's like, I don't know if you guys have ever looked at a wave, wave files. Like if you look at your file, at your audio file inside of an audio editor, you will see lots of little peaks and like, you know, there's times when somebody says something very loud where you see like a sharp line going up and down and you see also, you know, how it goes smaller if somebody's speaking uh, quieter and whatever. So you can definitely see a difference in that. And I do my best to make it level, right? To have the, all the sounds and all the sound between Jessica and myself sound relatively around the same volume level. So I can basically do that. But there's something else that happens when an audio editor does this for you, or you learn to do it yourself in terms of what you do in post-production. But there are times then when you look at the audio file after it's been processed, and almost every single one of the lines looks exactly the same. Like there is no peaks and valleys. It all kind it looks like it looks like a lovely everything looks very pretty and nice and and clean looking and so there are no sharp peaks and really and low lows so i think those are things that i'm super thankful for john for so in case you guys want to check that out it would be really great yeah yeah audio editing solutions.com and he's such a sweet guy totally too totally so we're going to begin this year giving a little uh, high fi to another one of our lovely <laughs> um, he podcasters, <laughs> who's a he listener of ours. And he created, I don't know if you guys remember, but there was an episode where Jessica and um, we were tra- talking and then I didn't understand what she said because she kind of said it really fast. And I thought she I said- was sick that day in my defense. Okay. Jeez. All right. Whatever. If you wanted to give me HTML, I can make a lead box where people click on it from my website. They can get on your email list. What's a shamel? What? Didn't you say give me a shamel? No. What is okay. HTML? Oh, HTML. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so in the episode, we, I didn't know what, what she said. And I started giggling like a crazy person because it was hilarious. And then she started giggling as well and we decided to ask 
how many people, or actually it wasn't us. It, Patrick, no, it was Patrick decided. Yeah. Patrick decided to create a survey to see, <laughs> to see what people heard. And he did. And we, you know, promoted it. So he sent us a little bit of feedback to report back on the survey results. Hello, Elsie and Jessica. This is Patrick Keller from the Big Seance Podcast. And I'm here to give the results of the say what? What did Jessica say? poll. And I just know that people have been dying to hear the results. I know they're flocking to this episode, just waiting. Listeners may remember that in episode 78 of She Podcasts, at the 3609 mark in that episode, Jessica said uh, something. And so I put the little poll together and my uh, options were Shamel, which I think is what Elsie heard the episode. There was Schlemiel, Schlemazel, Hassenpfeffer Incorporated. I don't even know that I'm saying that right from, you know, Laverne and Shirley. Haha. <laughs> so there was that option. Then there was Chanel, which is actually what I heard, you know, like Chanel number five. And then HTML, which I believe is what Jessica was trying to say. So here are the results. We had a whopping eight responses to this poll and uh, I want to give you uh the answers here or the responses the the results I should say 50% of responders chose Chamel so that's interesting I think that's what Elsie actually heard then uh, 0% chose Schlemiel 12.5% or one respondent chose Chanel, <clears throat> and I think that may or may not have been me, and three responders, or 37.5%, chose HTML, which is what Jessica was actually meaning. And no one chose other, because that was an option as well. So there you have it. Face it, Jessica. You said Chanel. This was fun. And to both of you, I say good luck speaking. And I'm such a fan of your show, and so thank you for letting me have uh, fun with it. I'm one of your non-female listeners, but you know what? I fit right on in. I love it. Thanks, guys. All right, Jess, what do you think about that? I thought it was funny that he used the word dead, and his <laughs> show is the big seance. <laughs> I got a kick out of that. Yeah, I we didn't that. say that. Did we say that he's from the big seance? Yeah. So you guys yeah, can see. show is called the big seance, and, um, and I also like the way he was like, I'm not female, but I fit right in. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was really cute, Patrick. You do Patrick, you're right awesome. In. You will be our survey server A server. I can't even say it. Surveyor, saver, Sur- surveyor. Yeah, Surve- yeah. That's it. That's it. Thanks. No problem. Yeah, <laughs> thank you for doing that, Patrick. It was really fun and so silly. It, well, it seems like people kind of heard what I heard too. And people whatever. heard HTML. I know whatever. I, it doesn't matter. I would. I don't want to say I was slurring that day because I don't drink, but. Um, <laughs> I definitely was not feeling well and perhaps not enunciating as I should. All right. Your tongue got stuck inside of your throat probably or something like that. Yes. So anyway. yeah. But a little high five to Patrick from the Big Seance Podcast. And I just want to give you his latest uh, three episodes just in case you guys want to check it out. Um, His latest episode is 2016 Predictions from with Psychic Angela Thomas. So if you want to know what's going on in 2016, you kind of don't want to live it. <laughs> you just want some predictions. You got to listen to that. <laughs> then we have the 2015 year in review, plus the funny search terms that bring people to the big seance. I, you know what? I kind of, oh, Patrick, I'd be, I'd be super I'm dying to know. Now. I know. Could you imagine? Because big and seance together must bring in some interesting things. Yes, it must. <laughs> And then the other one that he did before is called The Legend of the Milton Schoolhouse. Um, so I would assume that that's yeah. probably some funky, crazy ghost. Something haunted in shiz. Yes. And so therefore, you can go listen to that. Um, so yeah, we'll have a link in the show notes to his show if you guys want to check out Patrick and his show. Because it's always fun to support each other. Yay! Yay! Thank you again, Patrick. You're the best. Thank you again. So, Okay. So, dude, this is the first article, and you sent this to me. High five, Jess. Thank you so much. You got me all excited to start with something nice. It's, hey, it's what I do. I know. I'm so happy that you shared this with me. All right. Yes. So, so I think that the title I was is, being, 
double entendre. Is that what it was? <laughs> but that's okay. So far, it's not an explicit episode. And I'm going to try and keep it that way. Are you? But it doesn't really matter now because we're explicit. Period. All the time. We oh, are? Yeah, because iTunes no longer allows you Because Elsie gave up on me, basically. No, no, no. <laughs> it's because iTunes no longer allows you to not choose whether to be clean or explicit. And if you have one explicit show on your feed, even if it's just one out of 100, oh, you are an explicit show. Oh, well, then guess what, bitches? I know. <laughs> therefore we are just now explicit there's no way filthy dirty as my father would say filthy Filthy dirty dirty. yes so anyway so the title of this episode is called the podcasting scene will explode i added that big o not this episode article article oh sorry article article. sorry 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 the article the article his name is that it's neiman lab yeah it's by neiman lab and it is long people it's like a very long it's very long uh, he he has a lot of and and I really like um, his opinions on this. But it's I, not I, that long. What well, are you talking about? Well, there's a it's lot like, to read. Okay, it's like ten bullet points. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Maybe I got the other one wrong. Maybe there's one of them that's really long. Rice was like, oh my god, when is it going to stop? Okay, so <laughs> this one maybe this maybe it wasn't this one. It but might anyway, be the wired one. It might be the wired one. Okay, so wait. All right, so this these were my favorite of his predictions because because a Neiman Lab thing was all about basically doing a little bit of analysis on the podcasting scene as well as putting out some information or some of his thoughts around why the podcasting industry will explode. So these are the two that I loved. But if you want to add some more, Jess, please feel free to it. Podcasting will die, but thrive. It's true. Podcasting in 2015 is like blogging in 20 and 2004. 2004, yeah. 2004. And blogging didn't die. It became pervasive. Podcasting will endure a similar evolution with so much adaptation that podcasting, and that podcasting is in quotes, will erode as a term while the form becomes ubiquitous, which is what I really loved about that. Already the traditional silos of media industry are taking shape with new companies appearing to handle analytics, distribution, production, and advertising, expect more, in quote, studios and, in quote, networks to emerge. So I really like this because I I hope that this is the truth because podcasting won't be the one thing that a lot of us kind of think about, but it simply become more exactly like, like, like a, more like a noun. Like everybody's going to have a podcast. It's just like you have, uh, I'm, I'm going to say this, but it's probably not going to make any sense, like a driver's license where it doesn't become like there's, like it'll just be something that people have and people use as a tool rather than this kind of unique thing that I feel at st- still right now seems like people don't quite understand the different levels of what the industry can do. Does that make sense, Jess? Yes. So um, it's kind of like seeing podcasting being employed in the education industry where podcasts will be created to serve students in a lot more different ways that are not like, it, it's not going to be like podcasts will be going into iTunes and podcasts are going to be a thing. It simply is going to be a delivery mechanism for stuff. I start to feel, I'm, I'm really, really feeling strongly that courses and learning can so, be so much easier for people to access if it's delivered via podcast in addition to all the different ways that it's delivered as well. Uh, There's so many different times when there's been courses that I've been taking that all I wish is that it was delivered via podcast so that I can very easily access all of those files rather than having to go into a website and download every single one of the files and or getting a zip file from a course or something like that. We should do that for podcasting school for women. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. That's not a bad idea, maybe. actually. But then it would be free. No, 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 no. Because here's the thing. There's a difference between a free RSS feed, meaning the one that anybody can get, and then there's a protected RSS feed where mm. you only get a chance to download all the content if you have a username and a password that allows mm. you access. Well, and so, we'll to try it. Let's try it. Yeah, because that would be really, really – I think that it would be fantastic. That way people can really access it. And I know that I want that. So I'm going to figure out a way to be able to do that. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so the second prediction that I have – or not that I have, that I liked from this article – Content sources will multiply in surprise. In a year of highlights that included Mark Maron interviewing Barack Obama in his garage, something called the, in quote, GE Podcast Theater, uh, 
producing the surprise hit The Message and a venture capital firm producing one of the best tech podcasts of the year, we can expect to see more programmatic de- uh, pro- programming derived from unforeseen places. Media companies will continue adapting their franchises to podcasts. Agencies will empower brands to create new shows. Podcasting networks will devise new oral experiments. There's something kind of nice about that. An oral experience, oral experiment, oral, oral experiment, <laughs> and even more independence will pop up from unexpected places. I certainly hope it's true. Do you know about that GE podcast theater thing? I do. Yes, I know. So that's the message. Can, yeah, go ahead and explain to the peeps what that thing is because I know that there's a lot of people that don't quite understand it. Y'all are gonna wig. Yeah. So it is a it is a GE driven show but it's fiction but it's like basically like heavy product placement so like imagine if coca-cola decided to do a television like remember when michael okay let me rephrase remember when michael jackson was a kid and used to do like the pepsi commercials imagine if yep. there was a whole television show when you watch michael jackson like drink pepsi and hang out with his friends it's kind of like that but that's not even the subject matter ge has created a show that's fiction with amazing content that just happens to have like their stuff in the show. Yeah. If that makes any sense. So it's, it's like, it's like, it's like product placement, but with content that you actually want to listen to, not just a giant stupid commercial. Absolutely. And so what the cool thing about that is that the show itself has nothing to do with GE. Mm-mm. Right. So Mm-mm. then like, OK, so we, you know, we were talking about John and and editing and we were talking about Boss Jock as our sponsors and whatnot at the beginning of the show. And we were telling stories around them. Right. But we were at its core selling them. Yeah. Whereas this, the core of this would have nothing to do with GE. It would have everything to do with a story with very strategically placed GE products around. And also the whole idea of having it be a podcast theater, which is sort of like, you know, the old school gather around your radio. It is. It's like a radio show like George and Gracie or yes, it's yes. I love the idea that they called it podcast theater. It's so smart. Yeah. And so and in and, and I think that there's another layer to this and I may be wrong, but the, the other layer is that I believe it's behind a paywall. I'm not sure that you can go get it. Let me see. I believe I'm on their that site it's right now. On... No, it's a, it's not. It's not. Mm-mm. Okay. Mm-mm. You can see it in iTunes on their site. It is um their site is themessagepodcast.com uh, and there are links to iTunes. It's in SoundCloud. Some people have like reviewed it and said like it sounds like stage acting. Mm. Well, the thing is, though, it's like it's a whole new way of engaging with audio content that a lot of us have not heard in a long time. It's sort of like the first person, the first time that I that I heard an audiobook, It sounds like somebody's reading. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like, like yeah, nobody's ever tried to do anything like this, and uh, that's what I think makes it so good. It's yeah, great, totally, and I, I love that idea. It's great. So you can start to see that there are other ways to be surprising about using audio, or like it says, oral. <laughs> Aural <laughs> experiments to be able to make things, you know, sound to use sound in different ways and use the platform of a podcast or even the delivery mes- method of a podcast to support something that's already happening for you. You know, that hasn't happened before so that we can start to break out of the sort of like, ooh, I want to interview experts in my industry. <laughs> Right. (laughs) Because, because, hmm, okay. Not to say that that doesn't work because I think conversations are still incredibly amazing. I just think that there's other ways also that you can use audio to support something that you're doing and, and also have it have an end because for some reason we're still clinging on to the idea that if you have a podcast, you must produce podcasts every week. Like it must be a daily show. It must be a weekly show. It must be a monthly show. Whereas you could really just create a podcast that has eight episodes and be done with it. Yep. You know, so there's there's that. So you don't have to really worry about that. And then actually that really takes care of a lot of the pressure of, of marketing what you have out there and you can really focus on it. But anyway, that was, I thought those were two. So if you guys want to read the rest of his, of his stuff over at Neiman Lab, please feel free to look at the show notes for the links. And uh, our other, uh, I think, 
article that I saw here that is really the one that spoke to me the most. And again, Jess, you, I, I kind of want to love you even more now just because you just shared this with me because I hadn't, this has not come into my radar whatsoever. And this one is from Wired. And it says, uh, basically the title of it, it says, uh, to attract new listeners, podcasts need to move beyond sound. Yeah, and I don't really know how I feel about what they're saying. I kind of hope it's not true, but whatever. I I like, I don't know. I feel like if they move beyond sound, is it still a podcast? Well, yes. Okay, so let's, here's, I'm going to read just like a, a couple of sentences here right at the beginning of the article. And it says, with its second season, Serial is shifting the paradigm for podcasts yet again by expanding the medium beyond just audio. Starting on December 10th, you could listen to Sarah Koenig's recount of Sergeant Bo Berg. Berg Dahl's capture by the Taliban, sure, but that was only one piece of the story. For the first time, the serial team offered up other content in addition to the podcast, shareable clips, photos, GIFs, interactive maps, videos of Berg Dahl. All of it went out on Serial's website, as well as its Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Vine accounts. So, okay, so what I did, I haven't listened to Serial this season because I've been overwhelmed with things to listen to, and actually I'm stepping back a little bit from... Uh, my own media consumption for myself, but that's a whole other conversation. What? But I know, right? Crazy. But from this, what I, what I wanted to do is I wanted to check out all of their stuff. So I went in and I looked at their website. I looked at Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook and all that stuff. And I have to say, like, you know, Facebook and Twitter are about the same. Like, there's nothing like, ooh, like they're using Facebook and Twitter like everybody else does, which is great. And it's the way that we all right, promote. But of course, they just get reported on, right? Right. Yeah. And they're, they're, yeah. But using Tumblr, Tumblr. Okay. The way that they're using Tumblr is really intriguing because they are truly sort of gathering all of the information or all of the extra media they have around serial and putting it all on the Tumblr feed. They're also using the Tumblr feature, which is where you can ask a question. And so you have a lot of their listeners ask questions about Serial. And the questions are not just about the show itself. Sometimes it's, it's, it's about uh, the, what they're doing behind the scenes or a very specific question about a why behind a fact or something like that. They're also curating content from their fans and adding images of their fans that have posted stuff on social media as well. So it's a multi-layered sort of approach to to moving into that platform, which I find I, I found more riveting and, and I enjoyed reading the Tumblr blog more than I would have wanted to listen to the podcast itself. And it also started to create more of a wanting to listen to the podcast because if I just heard the description of what the podcast was about, it wouldn't really engage me as much. But if I'm watching all these other people post about it in depth and with pictures and stuff, it kind of makes me want to do it. It's kind of neat. Yeah, I like the Tumblr, for sure. The Tumblr looks cool, right? Yes, very cool. I totally love that. Now, the thing that kind of blew my mind a little bit is what they're doing on Instagram. So on Instagram, they are creating these mini movies, of course. So they're not using pictures. I think every single one of the posts as of now, as of the date in early January that we recorded this, the Instagram feed is primarily videos Mm -hmm. and they have very high quality audio in the background of Sarah Koenig, of course, narrating bits and pieces of information that in at this moment, this is because I have not listened to the podcast itself. I'm not sure if this is extra, which I feel that it would be kind of neat. They are uh, sort of like mini 15-second commercials that are going deeper into the story. So it's intriguing. It kind of like makes you want to be more engaged with it. And the most riveting thing, too, is being able to see the maps, these interactive maps that they have going on in there where you could see the country and you could see where it's at and whatever. They really highlight those on their website as well. So uh, I feel that that's a great move. Although looking at their uh, Instagram feed, the first post that they did on the Instagram 
it had a pretty decent amount of likes and a lot more comments. With every post that they've had, that's sort of diminished. And I think it's getting to probably around an average, although they have, what, less than 12 posts up right now. I don't think that they have very many of them. So, um, but I like the idea that they are proliferating content from cereal in all these different ways. Hang on. Did you happen to notice, did you scroll down by any chance on their Facebook page? No, like, I, I, mean, I looked at their latest post, but I didn't scroll, scroll down to January 7th. They're using a Facebook audio player. And oh, you yeah, can yeah. play the thing right in the... I yes. didn't know you could do that. There was a huge discussion about that. You can't they, do that. Well, they... Uh, you How can, come they can do it? Well, they can do it, yes. It was coded specifically for them is what the story is. Uh, it's something well, that was created that. for them. Yeah, so that they have that story there. And But see, here's, here's the thing too, though, Jess... Okay, tell me when was the last time that you consumed any kind of content that was longer than possibly three minutes on Facebook? I'd still like to have the option. It would be nice to have the option, but nobody's consumed. I mean, I have to tell you, it's the hardest thing ever. Yeah, you can press the button, but more likely than not, even if you're consuming in Facebook mobile, you're going to have it in your pocket. And then all of a sudden, somebody's going to tweet at you or an email alert's going to come in or something is going to call you out. Somebody's going to send you a, a text message that you have to respond to. And then all of a sudden, you're out. I've done this. Yeah, I, yeah. Th- the reason is that I tried it twice. And every, both times, I couldn't go back to what I was listening to. I like the idea, but I think what they're doing, and I think we're going to continue on this, I, I do believe that, they, that we'll get to that here in a second with the mini chapter stuff, because they say... To cater, oh, because they started talking that, you know, Serial has a very specific relationship with Pandora, sort of like the way Spotify is now accepting. And actually, mm-hmm. she podcasts on Spotify. No nope, yep. people. But mind you, that Spotify, uh, where we are featured in, is still in beta. So even there's only a very small amount of people out there that have the beta of the new Spotify, which they have not released to the public. So you cannot... Right, so it does us zero good. Which is, does us zero <laughs> Absolutely. So, but anyway, Serial has a direct relationship with Pandora. And so Pandora is now also publishing Serial. But what they're doing in Pandora is that they're creating mini chapters, sort of like mini songs, because they Pandora said that their users are used to consuming songs. So they don't want to consume something that's 30 minutes. So they've split Serial into tiny little chapters, like mini chapters, right. to, to get people to kind of listen. So, and this is directly from, let me see, this is Riggs and his team, I'm not sure. I think Riggs is the Pandora guy. He said, from a a streaming perspective, we think about it as continuous listening experience. People will listen for a bit on their commute or at the gym. Taking an hour-long experience and bringing it into chapters seem like a seamless way for users to digest this content. So So they only have four things on Vine. All the Vines go to the Tumblr. And the Instagram. I mean, it's just so it's not like they're creating something for each thing. No, they're good. just proliferating their content out there and they're creating like bits and pieces of everything else. So, but literally, this is what I really liked that, fine. that they said. They're used to experience. So this is, this is exactly why I feel in podcasting, we are just unique in the way that we are already because we didn't get into podcasting for a lot of us because we wanted to be like somebody else. We Usually podcasting arises from a, a need to add to the conversation that somebody's not having because you need a platform and nobody else is listening. You've sort of like want a new way to do things and you can't deal with the way that things have been doing anymore. There's a, there's like an element of being like a renegade to being a podcaster. And this is um, towards the end. Uh, I think that this is the last sentence in the article, which I love. It starts with there and there is referring to podcasters. They're used to experimenting when it comes to audio content. Now they need to experiment with distribution across mediums. And in 2016, they'll have the platforms to prove they can. So if you're a podcaster and you've never played with distribution in other mediums, particularly if you started podcasting before you did anything else, like you ended up blogging because of your podcast, you ended up getting into social media because of your podcast. I want you to start to think about how to use these mediums in this in a new way, because um, for the most part, a lot of podcasters have new ways of doing things. A lot of podcasters have like a, a, a bit of I don't want to do it that way. 
And I think mm-hmm. it can work for us because we are problem solvers to figure this stuff out. So I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by what Serial is doing. I'm also, I was like, oh my God, that's a lot of work. <laughs> that's kind of what I was thinking too. Like how much work do we have to put into it in order? I mean, you really need the person who's been helping you schedule your social media is now going to have like a double workload because yep. they're going to have to do the video and post the video and the pin, you know, and, and it's just going to be more content to create if you're up for it. Yeah, it seems like it's like, um, I could see how it would work though, but I feel that it needs an extra person. Like it's not, there's going to be the person that's going to be scheduling it in social media, right? The, the That you're just going to schedule it. And then there's going to be the person that is sort of like the creative mind behind creating the content that supports your podcast that is in a multimedia faceted platform the person that's going to be creating the videos for you, like the idea person that comes up with that, being able to know what content goes where and how it best, you know, what's, what's the content that goes into Tumblr, which one goes into Instagram, how much of what you should put where, how you cur- curate that content, what really aligns with what the conversation that you want to have, because you don't really want to start to highlight conversations you don't want people to be having, right? You have to curate some of that too. So... I don't know. I just think that it's a lot of work, but it can work. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's a lot of work. People who are creative and into their show will do it. Yeah. I just think that this is great. I mean, and, and I'm sure that's where the resources are going into. So I like that. Yeah. It's really cool. There's a lot about this article that's really cool. Um, and the last one too. The the last article, not to jump backwards, mm-hmm. but one of the things they mentioned is that revenue is going to increase, that the old... And finally, someone has acknowledged that the old way is dead and that, you know, companies are looking for buy-in and it doesn't have to be $15 per thousand downloads, that it can be niche and for everyone, not just the people who are hogging all the listeners. <laughs> no, totally. It's it's absolutely true. I feel that, that that's something that people are going to have to start to figure that out, you know, because there's different reasons to consume content. There's so much. Right. Exactly. And. I like also about this, the, the second article about the Wired article that says this is the year when the podcast medium will prove whether it can reach listeners beyond its largely white, wealthy and educated core through experiments with multimedia and even the new distribution models. We're about to find out just how far podcasts can spread. Serial is just the start. I mean, I think that's a generalization, but it is predominantly, I guess, that. Yeah, particularly, I think, you know, there was another article. I just read it this morning and I just, nah. I mean, it, it said something about um, that the data supports that podcast listeners are basically white males, you know. I mean, and- I, I know a guy who has a podcast, a comedy podcast called The Black Tribbles, and it's kind of like a black nerd podcast. Um, he's and it's out of Philadelphia, and they're on a radio station. They travel all over and do meetups, like similar to how Keith and the Girl, like their whole revenue is doing episodes in person for their listeners. They have a huge following, and it's not white, right? So that's it's. I mean, I'm not saying they're the norm. I'm just saying it's that's it's not every podcast that's like that. That's all. Exactly. Well, no, I completely agree with you. My commentary on that article that I read is that the data was taken from iTunes, right? It was just focusing on the top articles in iTunes. And my, you know, criticism about that is is that yeah, in iTunes, the featured podcasts are only one specific type. It does not mean that we don't have diversity in podcasting. It doesn't mean that women are not podcasting. It only means that in iTunes, <laughs> it's mostly white. So so it's like it's sort of like discounting the fact that there is anybody else that exists outside of the iTunes ecosystem and the people yeah. who are featured in iTunes. That's what I'm saying. So you're totally right. And then there are many, many, many very highly engaged communities and podcasts that have tons of engaged listeners that are creating huge impact. That, In fact, there are some, some uh, podcasts out there, podcast networks and whatnot, that are making a living completely and utterly outside of the iTunes ecosystem that don't ever get featured in there. They have their mm-hmm. own thing going on. So, you know, it's it's not okay, I don't think, to, to be able to judge the state of the podcast industry simply by what you see in iTunes because that's not true. That's, that's a totally, complete different demographic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, yeah, I just, that was a huge generalization, I thought. 
Yes, I agree as well. So, yeah, yeah those, are, those are my articles for today for us to discuss, Miss Jess. Oh, someone just posted something else. Sarah Williams mm-hmm. posted, podcasting is perfect for big ideas, people with big ideas. Here's how to do it. Yeah, That's I, nice. Did you I, see that? It's from The Guardian. Yeah, they, ha- they seem to have a lot of, uh, a lot of those are starting to come out as well. Which is which is great. I mean, I really like that there's a conversation around this. It just seems to always go back. The reason that I like those two articles that we talked about is because they present intelligent ideas that are coming from a, a real look as to or studying how things are working out or or, or studying uh, transitions rather than regurgitating what somebody else said in a different article without you ever questioning it. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You know, as of late, I've been posting um, in the, the past like couple of weeks, like question of the day over on the She Podcast group, and they really arise from my need to immediately disagree with some in quote facts or or <laughs> statements that are made in mainstream media about podcasting that are not at all. And so it's annoying. It's It's really annoying annoying because it seems like people who are writing something don't ever question whether or not it's true or not. Yeah. You know, like it's not okay. So for me, my way to be able to stop my immediate, no, that's not true, is to really ask the community, number one, either because my desire is to prove my own point, but sometimes I start to see a difference in opinion and it helps me kind of get really clear about my stance about something or why it matters rather mm-hmm. than just simply stating it. Like I think one article said something like that nobody's going to download podcasts anymore. Like it's going to change. Everybody's going to be streaming podcasts. And I was just like, that's just not, that's not true. How, wh- why are you saying that? <laughs> Where yeah. did you get that information? Right. Uh, what, what proves now? that? So it, it made me want to really communicate. Uh, with our ladies, and I asked that question, and, and as in the majority of people, I, it's actually split. It's about a 50-50, but the majority of the people are not doing one or the other based on the tech, but they're doing it on lifestyle choices, like data being a little bit, you know, it runs out, specific amount of data. Or when I'm driving, I don't want to be streaming. Duh. That makes mm-hmm. that makes sense to me, especially yeah. if they're doing a long trip. That makes absolute sense. So yeah. it is more about a lifestyle choice rather than a tech choice. So anyway. Yeah. It's interesting. Sometimes when articles say like podcasting changing, podcasting's dead, nothing will ever be the same. You have all this work to do and you better change it all right away. And <laughs> podcasting's going to die and you're going to have to have everything on Pandora and Netflix and Amazon and television and YouTube. And it like, I feel like they're just saying things to instill panic. Yeah. And the truth is nothing changes that fast. Like there are still just as many, if not millions of more mom blogs making a friggin' killing off their blog now as there were 10 years ago when they started their blog. They yeah. still go to blog her. They still have amazing corporate sponsors. They still make their entire living talking about shitty diapers and marital issues so it's not like blogging is dead the way that that article described and now podcasting is going to be dead like just when you got comfortable you're going to have to change the sheets like i I think they're just saying that for drama but i do like watching it slowly change over time i do like what like seeing that hey spotify is going to be an option and hey google play if you can upload your shit now it'll be on google in like five months i mean fine with me i'll put it on google see what happens why not but i I don't like when articles are trying to like be like put everything on vine and figure out how to do youtube immediately i mean Not really. There's a I mean, thing, you know, things work for other people. You know, I've seen some some specific podcasters that are amazing at Instagram. I mean, their feeds are so unique and so beautifully crafted that it's sort of like, wow, I can't. Wow, that's amazing. Right. Yeah. And but it plays on their content. It plays on who their audience is. It's not, you know, what what is working for them is so I can't say it's so completely and utterly unique to them. 
But there's something that they are, they, first of all, they had an affinity for the platform. They have access to, to, you know, they possibly have an affinity for taking pictures, to understanding what things look as beautiful, to understand how to move community inside of Instagram. There's something that already, that they already had sort of like a, a little up on that stuff. Whereas mm-hmm. there's a lot of podcasters, like I'm still, you know, there's, there's still a, a, a part of me that I'm still strategizing how Libsyn could really use Instagram in a visual fashion as a mm-hmm. podcasting company other than just starting to, you know, putting people's artwork up and saying like, hey, check out this podcast. This podcast is hosted on Libsyn, you know, because that's fine once in a while, but it's kind of boring. And yeah. other than that, it's like, how am I, how do you curate a visual brand that way? from somebody who doesn't really have stuff like like what would you and i do is i mean like we'd have to be we don't live near each other we'd have to do visual content every time we saw each other or record our little goofball conversations like right now as we're doing it and you we'd either have to make more visual prep before we got on the call or decide we don't care and then you know i mean like there's there's a lot we would have to do just to include that ourselves yeah, I think it I would think. really take – I do believe that there is a big possibility, but the type of feed that I would feel would really truly benefit the community would require a pretty decent amount of time, like to curate and to begin and to push forward and to strategize about and, and to really, really com- make something special. That's why and, cereal can do it because I yes, mean, exactly. this isn't just two girls' jobs. No. It's like 20 people – Making six figures assigned to making cereal have as much content as possible. That's not something that people who listen to this show might necessarily be able to do right away. Doesn't mean ever. It doesn't mean there aren't some of you out there who do have the means to do that and want to do that or have a team or can even do it yourself. It just means that that will slowly happen over time. And just like there are people who have youtube shows that will never turn into like grace helbig there's going to be the difference between a youtube comedy show and inside amy schumer she's got people who's all all their job now is to do her show and make it good that doesn't mean that your youtube show is not good it's just different she's now on a cable channel and you're not right so i don't know i wish that media would just i don't know i hate when they just Whatever. I don't know what I want to be different. I just don't like the pan. I don't like the panic that either they're trying to instill or that they instill by default, just by predicting. <laughs> That's true. And I think you know what it is is that there comes a point when us as 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 consumers of media look at predictions as truths, and we forget that this is like somebody's opinion. And so if they say it, you're like, oh my god, well, so and so said that. So that you know, cars are going to take better, over, and they're like, I better right. go, you know. And it's like, oh, the connected car is going to change podcasting. Do you even know what a contact connected car is? No, it's not. It's When's just going to make la- it more available to people. Where, I know, and that's what I'm saying. But it, how's it going to change anything? Exactly. Well, I, I, I get they can't that. watch any videos when they're driving. That's dangerous. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. What happens is then somebody hears that or somebody sees it in an article and then they go out and they write their own article and then they state that again as one of the things that they know when really I always go back to me. Like, when was the last time I bought a car? Do I uh, am I looking to buy a car? Like, yeah, I just bought a car September 2014. And let me tell you. It wasn't, it was only an option in the highest model that nobody can afford. So yeah, it's going to be coming to all cars in the next couple of years. But right, you only buy a car once every 10 years. So maybe you'll get a connected car in the next five years. Maybe if the piece of shit you're driving finally breaks down. And not just you, I don't mean your piece of shit, Elsie, although yours is breaking down faster than most. Yours is that you might actually have a new car before the rest of us, to be honest. You're going to have to start pushing that piece of shit around. It breaks down you every five minutes. But anyway, I'm just saying, like, most of us won't see that happen for a while, but there are going to be other ways that it will be integrated. But, like, let me just tell you over the holidays, I got two brand new pieces of technology fresh out of the oven. Okay. 
So, so, oh, this is how podcasting is going to change. Okay. I have an Apple watch. I had an Apple watch I got for Hanukkah and I bought my husband the Alexa. Now I know people know what the Apple watch is. Alexa is this thing that sits on your desk and supposedly from any part of the room, you can tell it what to do. Alexa, play jazz and it'll just play jazz. It's connected to Pandora or Alexa, tell me you set a timer, set a reminder, do this or that. And I got it for him because I'm Alexa for him because I am constantly the one like he'll go like. That's so funny. R- write this down on the shopping list. Tell me what time it is. What's today? And I'm just like, this is why you need Alexa. I don't want to sit next to you anymore because I'm like your, I'm like your living sous chef all the time. I don't want to, you know. But the thing never works. It doesn't understand what he's saying, and he's sitting right in front of it. It'll set a timer and then never go off. Oh, or gosh. I mean, because it's brand new piece of technology. Same yeah. with the Apple Watch. Like I was so excited to get the Apple Watch, and I even asked for it. And then I was just like, "But okay, great. I can set a timer for twenty minutes and get something out of the oven on time, which I can also do with my phone. But you can't type on it, so it's not good for texting. You can talk on the phone with it, but if you're in a crowded room, since there's no headphones, you can't really hear what the other person is saying. The Fitbit thing, it should be on your on your wrist on the inside, not really the outside. So it's not really checking your heartbeat. It can't help you like." log your sleep it's useless it's a useless piece of shit <laughs> i took it back and got an ipad so when people say like oh technology is changing and now podcasting is changing it's really not because nothing's going to be better than the iphone or the ipad for a while and unless you have satellite radio you're not going to hear it on your car for a while so let's all just calm down a little bit See, and, you know what and I mean? You totally nailed it, Jess, because that the new technology is shitty. No, well, it's, it's all I'm saying. It's it's it takes time for people. Lots of time for people's built-in. See, here's the thing: it's not even so much the technology sometimes, but we each have built-in habitual patterns that we are used to doing. There are certain ways that we do things that get us results in our lives. A lot of us tend to continue doing that until it really, really, really does not work anymore. It needs to be a decided choice for us to change our our modus operandi to something different. And it has to mean something like either you stop eating, you know, fat or cheese or whatever, or you're going to have a heart attack. Like somebody has to stop you kind of like that, either life or death, or like there's something serious that's going to go down. Most of us kind of like sit back and go like, eh, I can just do it like this. Like we don't have that internal thing. With new technology, a lot of the time it starts to get in our way because it's not doing what we're used to. Or what you need it to do, or like what set we an alarm and go off and go 20 off. minutes exactly. later. And but, so, and go ahead. And you can, but see, you can troubleshoot that stuff, but who has the time, yeah. right? You can get a timer. You can get, even- it still works on your phone. Like there's so many different things that you can do without having to troubleshoot. And, and we, who has the time to do that? And who has the time to do all this kind of stuff and be able to get the same things done? And the other thing, technology generally is more money. Generally. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you do have to fork out some cash to do some, you know, to upgrade your systems. So, so, so but- in 1999, my first marketing job was to sell online advertising for Gannett Corporation at, at the News Journal here at the newspaper. The Wilmington N- News Journal is what our newspaper is called. Okay. And I, and I did it for about a year and a half here in Wilmington. And the part of the company, my division of the company, the online advertising division was brand new. It was me, another sales guy and my boss. And then they had a couple designers working on banners and the website, which was also brand new in 1999. For about six months, we tried just selling the online advertising. None of the print advertisers had a website. So we were kind of like barking up the wrong tree because they were just like, well, I don't need a banner advertising. I don't have anywhere for it to click to. And we were like, okay, let's rephrase this. We're going to start working with the print salespeople. They're going to take us out on their sales calls and then we're going to make them add banner advertising as part of the print packages. They were like, fuck, no, we're not taking you because you're going to take our money and our commission. We don't want to work with you. Clients don't want to work with you because they were afraid because everybody kept saying the newspaper is dead newspapers are dead no one's going to want to read a newspaper newspapers are dying everyone's going to web panic everyone panic all our jobs are in jeopardy well it is how many years later almost 20 years later you can still buy a newspaper in every corner it's not dead it hasn't gone anywhere people are still buying classifieds in the newspaper now granted i'm 40 years old i have yet to pick one up and read it 
in the last 20 years because I do use it online. But they're obvious. I mean, and yes, sure, their revenues have declined, but they're still around. What how about when the Kindle came out? Books are dead. Burn your books. Put everything on digital. You just posted <laughs> yesterday. I love being at the library. Use bookstores. I know. I'm not. I mean, it's so dumb. And I'm just, I'm just saying this because this was almost 20 years ago. People were saying newspapers are dying or dead. They haven't right. died. They're not dead. And yes, part of it is because people get into a habit. And I think part of it is just like, you know, I mean, what if, I mean, let's just think about it this way. Like if you enjoy reading your paper every day and someone came along and said, but you can do it online. I mean, you don't want to. What if you enjoy eating an apple every day and someone was just like, here, take a pill. You right. take this pill and it'll be exactly like eating it. I don't want to. I want to chew the fucking apple. I don't want to take a pill and have it be the same vitamin and minerals. That's not the point of the apple. Just like yep. the blog isn't the point of the newspaper. Just like the vine isn't the point of the podcast. Like it's not going to die. It doesn't have to become anything other than what it is anytime soon because sometime at some point someone's going to want to go for a run and can't watch vine or they'll smack into a tree <laughs> right right I mean, it's just impossible it's impossible so, it's impossible and so then it- although although i like those um i like the idea that like this is how your life will change in in however many years like i haven't seen it happen in the stuff that people were talking about 20 years ago they said everything was going to be digital and everything print would die and it hasn't happened yet i still get a shit ton of junk mail every day so there you go. So there you go. I, t- I completely agree. There you. Sorry, thank that you. That was a rant yes. and a half. Sorry. I know. <laughs> that's perfect. I think that that's a lovely way to, to end Whoa. the show. To oh, pre- God, no. No, no. no, listen. Don't end it on my yes, rant. Yes, my no, rant because against- basically, so here's the thing. So here's my homework because I have to give you homework, people that are listening, especially new podcasters or even older, you know, not older podcasters, but those of us have been around for a while. You know, we, we do get stuck on, on certain patterns, right, ourselves. And I'm not asking you to look at it from the perspective of being a podcaster. I want you to look at it from the perspective of, of consuming your content, of consuming your own podcasts, and listen to what Jessica said about that kind of stuff. So particularly how you and, and you specifically use content, how you consume it, and what you like. Because... I can almost guarantee that your audience is very close to what you're doing. So if you don't pick up or don't even know how to find the podcast app on your phone, your audience is probably going to be going through that. If you find out that your audience is primarily using an Android device or primarily, you know, consuming your content directly from your website and not downloading it on their phone, then you're going to have to make adjustments to be able to get more people to do either what you want or give them exactly what they want. So it's really about you getting deep into the way that people consume your own content and to discern enough to know that if somebody makes a prediction about a technology, specifically a technology like podcasting right now, I'd rather you go, I'd rather you question, is that true? Do I do that? Because you're probably the first person that's going to either do it or not do it. And if you're like into it and you're excited, I'm a little bit different because I do get excited about new technologies and I'm willing to test it out. But even I was just like, I'm not going to be, what? That's just so weird. They're speaking for you. They're telling you as a podcaster, but they're also speaking for you as a consumer. So you have to really analyze like, are you really going to do it this way? Are you really going to consume media this way? Are you really going to shop this way? You know, and how long is it going to take before you like that idea and you get used to it? Because now, I mean, here's 20 years later. Now I'm finally thinking maybe a Kindle is a good idea because I'm sick yeah. of buying books and have them stack up. Well, I mean, and, and I think that there's <laughs> so, a different. Just... No, but it's a different sensation, right? I have a Kindle. And I think that one of the reasons that I don't that I haven't been reading as much of the Kindle is because uh, uh, I really do need to sit down and be able to have a place where it's quiet. Right. Mm-hmm. Where I'm reading. Mm-hmm. And that hasn't really happened at this moment. It will, I promise. I do like Kindles because then I can carry a lot of books, but usually it's it's less about pleasure and more about learning. Mm-hmm. So there's a difference between that too. But there's something you get from actual books that you can't get from anything else. You know? Yeah. Just the, there's something so lovely about that. So yep. I don't know. It's not like you have to deal with it. So anyway. So yeah. you guys are going to have to let us know 
what you think about our conversation and whether or not you have thoughts about the podcasting industry or maybe new ways of using multimedia to build your audience for this year. And if you do or have tried new things, send us send us an audio feedback. You can send it over to uh, feedback at shepodcast.com. You can cr- record a little audio memo on your show, uh, I mean, on your phone <laughs> and send it to us right away. And then we will totally feature you the way that we did uh, Patrick today. And, you know, if you have any ideas or you tested things out or something like that, we'd love to kind of take a look at it and share with the community because we all need a little bit of that stuff all the time. Yes. 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 Um, do we have anything else before we close up other than feedback at shepodcast.com? Do you have any feedback for us? We would love to put it up for you. Please follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash she podcast, and also our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash she podcast. And also, if you're not part of the group yet, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash she podcasts. And also, we're putting up a Patreon, eh? So it's patreon.com forward slash she podcasts. Yeah, and it's so fun. Jessica has done a fantastic, she's done a fantastic job with it. It's the Thank coolest thing already. ever. And you can't, yeah, if it's up. I think you can already do it, even though I don't have a um, graphic. Maybe I will by the time the show goes live. Yeah. That'd be cool. Um, But anyway, so, yeah, so check it out. Just see what you think and maybe give us a dime or two so we can feed our young, we can feed our young, our younglings. (laughs) So we can feed our young ones. I know. We're very, very transparent for our Patreon, which I think is, is a lot it's very refreshing and I really like it. I'm actually very Thank proud. You. I'm totally Thank proud you. of our Patreon, to be honest. So if you yes. guys go check it out, it's like the best. It's like the best thing ever. Everybody needs one of these things. Yes. So hopefully it, it'll... Feed Elsie's goat. Yeah, feed Elsie's <laughs> <laughs> You know what? One of them has a cold. How do you even know? <laughs> Randy, Does it sneeze a lot? Well, How Randy do you know said it has boogies coming out of his nose. And so he's bought like, you know, he got rose hips and goat tissues. Um, all kinds of other like herbal formulas for the Can goats. you wipe a goat's nose with a tissue or is it just like... I have no idea snotty. what he's been doing. He said that she's doing a lot better now. And he's gotten them. He even got them um, fermented. Gosh, what is it? Feet? Not hay. Fermented hay. So that they could wow. process their, <laughs> their cuts better. I'm telling you, it's like, yeah, you should see him you with know, a big... Bef- what? Go ahead. That reminds me of something before we end. Yeah. Um, my son, we only give him organic milk. And I notice sometimes if he wakes up in the middle of the night, his breath smells like hay. <laughs> it's kind of freaking me out. And I was like, Scott, he has hay breath. Has he been eating hay? And he was like, it's organic milk. Cows eat hay. The milk is from the cows. And I'm like, no, that it should oh smell God. like grass, though. Oh. <sighs> Not hay. He was like, well, hey, what, is that common? I'm asking you. You're my organic. I don't know. I don't know. I've never, like, my girls, like. You've never had, hay, your kids never had hay breath? <laughs> no, my kids had, like, you know, remember, they were, like, breastfeeding till they were Oh, that's teenagers. right. A hundred. Yeah. So. Never mind. Well, if anyone's yeah. listening and ever, like, <laughs> when their kid finally turned one or two and had milk and you gave them organic, if they had hay breath, can you let me know? I would like to know if it's normal. Thanks. Oh, my God. Hay breath. Yes. It's just weird. There you have just, it. That reminded me. But also, buy tissues for Elsie's goat. <laughs> Maybe some NyQuil <laughs> so he can sleep. Oh, my God. All right. Well, on that note, we Bye. are so back. <laughs> Bye-bye. And we had, we'll love to hear from you. Yes. Love you. Mean it. Bye. <laughs>